Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? What's popping, baby? Dude, I'm just beat today. I don't know why. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm uh, Count Chocula, nigga. Uh <laughs> And you can be whoever you want to be. Uh, well, if we're going to do serious, I guess I'm Boo Berry. There you go, Boo Boo. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Spears and Steinberg. Yo, start the music, nigga. started the intro with chuckles um and i guess maybe that was a little bit misleading uh because i'm 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 not you know what i'm not i'm not as irritated now as i was when i told you i'm still irritated and i wasn't even really irritated i just was more of a shock and disbelief let me tell y'all what happened man i was sitting in my hotel yesterday and a commercial comes on for for tampons and in the commercial the guy is with his girlfriend and he clearly wants to fuck and he go and he tells her, you know, he wants to fuck. And she goes, I can't, I'm on my period cut to, they showed a dude walking through a, you know, men's locker room after some sort of sporting event. And this nigga got on fucking booty shorts that would make seventies bitches look proud who wear roller skates. But this nigga's got on the tight booty shorts and what looks like a tampon string hanging out of the shorts onto his thigh and then they cut back to him with his girlfriend and goes don't worry i am too and the tagline for the commercial is maybe if we all had them meaning periods um we would be more understanding and i went on a rant on instagram and facebook and i want to try to duplicate my rant i'm going to reenact my own shit just so i could give you the 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 I don't know if I'm using this word correctly. The fervor of the moment. Um, you don't want to play it just from your Instagram? You know what? Good idea. Matter of fact, you would you would save me the costly energy of having to try to recreate something. And if the magic doesn't hit the way that it's supposed to, uh, I've done myself an injustice. Um, so, yeah, goddamn. Look at that. You see that? So for you motherfuckers that will ask, well, man. What does Andy bring? He ain't, he, he, he ain't, he don't be trying to be funny and he don't be. Look, I told you, God damn it. He's Steve Kerr slash the coach. <laughs> this motherfucker's part Steve, Steve Kerr, 
part Phil Jackson, and you need that shit in your life. You know, if I if I try to be funny, like on the podcast, yeah, then everybody go, "Why is he trying to be funny? He ain't funny." Aries yeah, is the funny you one. Can't please. No, I'm not gonna win. You can't please. No, I'm not gonna win. So, uh, yo, man, here it is. I just saw a commercial for women's tampons, and in the commercial, the woman tells her man she's on her period. So. They show the dude in order to sympathize with what a woman goes through. He says he's on his period. And prior to him saying he's on his period, this motherfucker got on what looked like male booty shorts with a string hanging out the same way a tampon string would hang out of a woman's vagina. But he got it hanging out the man's leg on the side of his leg as though it somehow... Whatever the male version of a tampon is, is inserted where the fuck it's supposed to go. Is this the fuck what we doing now? In this moist age of political correctness? In order to sell a woman's vaginal product in a PC-like way, we have to dehumanize and bitch up men? We have to turn men into bitches in order to sympathize with what a woman goes through for a woman's product. Why not just sell the woman's product catered towards women since it's for women? Why would you do that? Why do we have to bitch up men in order to be politically correct to sympathize with a woman's vaginal issues? Are you fucking serious? This is what we're doing now? I'm ashamed to be a man in this era. Get the fuck out of here. What man would want to do that commercial and walk around with booty shorts with a tampon string hanging out of his ass? Man, this shit is going too fucking far. I'm about to go drink me a six-pack of beer, read me a whole bunch of the Hustler magazines, smoke a Cuban cigar, watch some nudie movies, over here in the hotel, watch some porn, and, 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 and eat some barbecue ribs off my naked chest and use the dirty magazine pictures as napkins. Where the fuck is Charles Bronson when you need him? Body, body. Yeah. So there, there we go in all my heated splendor. All my, uh, what's the nigga from the fucking back in the 80s uh, that had the talk show? That motherfuckers got into fights and shit. It was it was chaos. Morton Downey Jr. Oh yeah, yeah. My Morton Downey Jr. Big rant. mouth. Big mouth. Um, I mean, what what are we? What, what the fuck? Well, you you missed you missed on a you missed on a couple of places. All though. right, well, fill in the blanks, nigga. Well, one you said uh, dehumanizing. It, I, it's, it's, it's emasculating. It's emasculating, I, I mean, not dehumanizing. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah and, Look at this nigga corrected me when half the time. I got to correct this motherfucker, but fuck it. This is what you hear. Well, no, I just don't because women no, are good, know, because women are going to catch that and go, oh, that that's the problem right there. No, no, and then I fucked up. I, I really did fuck up because I even when I when I rewatched it, it's like dehumanizing. I meant emasculating. Yeah, I was in a rant. I was in a rage. I was on my period. Go ahead. Um, so that and, and but, dude, I told you when you when we talked about this uh, last night, I said if I was if if they want to tackle this problem, and make it. An issue, I would have done it completely different. Well, I would. Why do you even say tackle? Is it a problem? Well, yeah, women believe that men don't understand, can't empathize with them. Right. And I'm going to speak to that point. Go ahead. 
But I would have done the commercial completely different. I would have, I would have done where the guy came over, and and, and I'm and I'm and the women, please send in. You know, I'm not trying to mansplain anything. I'm just in my ad, so you can tell me what's wrong with my ad and tell me if I'm wrong. But my ad would be so the guy goes home and and I hadn't seen the ad. I'm going off what you said. So he he initiates some uh, sexual contact or whatever, and she says, "No, I can't. I'm on my period." And then I would do it where you see the dude at the grocery store. And he's buying about box of tampons, like the old joke commercial, whatever it is. And, you know, normally then they they don't know the price of them. And they do the the, the check over the thing. Yeah. I wouldn't have done that. I would have had him go to the uh, to the grocery store and you'd see him like read a note and get the right brand. You know, picks up the right brand and he's walking back, looking at it. And he's he goes over to the register and he puts it down and. He goes to scan it, and the price doesn't come up. And he just looks at the the checker, and he goes, "It's nine ninety five. I know. I pay attention. Right. That would have been my ad. Right. Just basically telling guys, pay attention, take care of your woman. This is an issue that you're both going through. That would have been that would have been my ad. That would have been. I, I think it it because we're not the same. We we don't have a period. So if we did, I, I, the commercials idea, if we did, then we would all feel, but we don't. So that doesn't and, and, help and, anything. And for that reason, I'm going, again, this is a product catered to women for women. Men don't belong in that ad. It's none of our business. Whatever vaginal issues or body issues a woman must go through, that's, a, that's, that's her business. We don't belong in that ad. That is a waste of man. Here's a good usage of man. If you want to use a man for a woman's issue. Take, for instance, the Me Too movement, right? Every dude on this planet has a woman in his life that he cares about on some level. Your mother, your sister, your grandmother, your grandmother, your aunts, your nieces, your cousins, best friends, ex-girlfriends, wives. Some In some capacity, you have women in your life who you give a shit about. So if you want to use a man to help uh, shed light on serious women shit. Do the Me Too commercial where you got where you got a bunch of prominent men. Hey, I'm Tom Hanks. Hey, I'm George Clooney. I'm Denzel Washington. I'm Morgan Freeman. You know, Me Too represents you know a woman's right to say no is a, is her right, and no man should ever violate a woman's right and not listen to what a woman says because when no when she says no it means no, and we are men against men who abuse. We are we are men who are against men who sexually assault. That's the good use of a man. But to emasculate a man and turn him into a bitch by making him put on booty shorts with a string hanging out of his ass. And where the fuck would it even go? We have one hole in our bodies. And that's the booty hole. Women, women, you have two. God bless you. The booty hole and the vajayjay. All right. You we got two options to, to, to figure you out sexually. And we try to work on your nostrils. But, you know, dick's too big to do that. But if we figure that out, we got three uh, and the mouth. So four. But I'm just saying, why is that necessary? It's 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 utterly fucking ridiculous. You know, uh, to assume that men are so like to assume that a man is not empathetic enough and smart enough to not have sensitivity to a woman's issue is an insult to us as men. 
You, you don't think that there are guys out there that, you know, that they know that when, they, when their female counterpart has that time of the month, hey, man, just, you know, workshop is closed. I got to be sensitive. Maybe she's feeling a certain way. Maybe she's irritable. Maybe I can do other things to comfort her in that time. But to, to, to drive the point home that you got to have us be bitches uh, because otherwise we don't understand what it's like to for you to go through what you go through. That's that's an insult. You're insulting us. We're smarter than that. Cool. And at the end of the day, ladies, if, if, if the workshop is closed, that's what side pussies for. Just because you want injured reserve, don't stop the game. We go to the bench. Well, you did a lot of good work there until the very end. Well, I'm being me too, though. God damn it. Dude, but even in the commercial, like it doesn't like you just you said. Haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen it, but it's he, disgusting. But it doesn't make any. It wouldn't make any sense because it 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 still doesn't mean anything because we still don't have it. I, if you want, I, I think if you want a man to be empathetic, empathetic towards an issue that you have, I would. You would need to explain to us the issue, not put us in the situation because we still don't have we still don't feel what you're feeling. Listen, um, at the end of the day, that's like when people when people go, yo, did you hear about so and so? Let's just say uh, horrifically. The daughter was kidnapped and murdered. Now, you see that person whose daughter was kidnapped and murdered. You go, man, you go to that person. Yo, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I can I can only imagine what you're going through. That's the best you can say, because unless you live it, you, you, you don't know. But I don't think you need to live it to have empathy. I don't think you need to live it to feel something. Again, we all have females in our lives that we care about. So even though we as men could never have periods and ex- experience what that does, we, we've seen the effects and we can have empathy. You know, God forbid, oh, this it's my worst nightmare. And 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 you know, I I've mentioned this a couple times. I know I've said this in, in, in earlier episodes of the podcast. You'd have to go through the historical ranks of them to find it, but I know I've said this. I don't I think we all question whether or not we're capable of murder. You know, and and, and we all question, could I, could I really and you say to yourself, if, if your life was was on the line and it was self-defense situation and it's either you or this motherfucker trying to do you, you believe that something deep down in you, your survival primal instincts would go, nah, fuck it. If it's got to go down, I'm living. But let's say it ain't about someone taking your life. But you go, somebody took the life of your kid. As much as you might not believe in an eye for an eye, I think that's the one time where I think I'd be capable of actually killing somebody. And, and my biggest nightmare ever, and, and when I read these cases in the paper and I see them on the news, I swear to God, they bring me to tears because nothing to me is more horrific than taking the life of an innocent child that can't defend themselves. And I look at my daughter and I look at my son and, and I'm not going to lie. I'm, you know, I'm more partial to my daughter. You know, you're not supposed to have favoritism towards kids, but my daughter's my heart. And if, and if, and I, and I watch her play and I see the innocence and I see how fragile she is and I go, that'd be the one thing. That if a motherfucker tried to hurt my daughter, I would take his fucking soul. So, you know, I just, I just, I just don't understand, ladies. I'm, I'm, I'm getting caught up in that, in the emotion of that. That I'm also, I'm also, I'm, all, I'm almost losing my point. But I'm just saying, like, I don't have to experience what you go through to understand and to feel it. I've, I'm not a murderer. I've never taken about anybody's life. But if I had to. Based on a on 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 a on a feeling of the pain of what it would be like to experience that loss, 
I would do it. You know, just I'm just saying, don't insult us into thinking that just because we don't have periods or, or we go through what you go through, we can't we can't have be smart enough to to be sensitive enough uh, 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 sensitive enough to it. You don't have to bitch us up. I don't understand the point of that. I got, I got another idea for for it because I think I, I think maybe I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand the other side the the logic behind the commercial. And maybe it's to explain that women have to go through this no matter what. But they use the sexual side you said in the beginning. Right. I, I think to do the ad that they wanted to do. The, and when I say they, I'm not talking about women. I'm talking about whoever the advertising agency and the people that built this ad. Um, if you wanted a, a different angle that matches that, what if it would have been like you see the the uh, dude and he's doing all his daily stuff. Like he, he goes to work and he, you see that string because he's wearing shorts. I don't know what he's doing. He's riding a skateboard and he sees some shorts. He was working out and he has his shorts on. And you see the string again. And then you see him going to work and he has his suits on. And you don't see the string, but then you see the woman and then you see her at the office too. And she's in the same situation. She has to go through all this, all that shit. Now men don't have to do that. And then it would be explaining to men, well, we don't have to do that. And it still doesn't work for me, but it's better than than that. The whole people, you, the idea, don't see, people but, you don't see it, but the whole time Andy's explaining that to me, I got a look on my face like I got a stomach virus. Like, I, I, and, I'm, and I'm just saying, like, the, the fact that you even have to explain this, maybe justify it. The idea of a man having a string hanging out when naturally. That's just not the way we're built. It's but, insane to me. What I'm Why are we having this fight? Because what I'm trying to say is I think that in the sexual situation, we can be empathetic. We can understand because we see it and it affects us. But what doesn't affect us is your coworker, who's a female at work who may be going through her period. And we're not. But we don't know about it because she does. She just bucks up. She does what she's supposed to do. It's her job. She puts her tampon in. Her string's hanging out, but she has her suit on. She's doing her job. Well, they, and, and, and how do we how do we convey empathy towards that woman when well, we don't know that she's going through that? Okay, well, we don't have to know, and this is the workplace. So, again, in women's quest for equality, I hate to use the slogan, man the fuck up. Whatever it is you're going through with your body, at home, Different. In the public, maybe different. You're at work. Your job is to be a professional. If you can't work, call in sick that day. But if you show your ass up and you put on that uniform, you have a job to do. But, and, in your, and again, in your quest for equality as a man, man the fuck up. But you don't think that because that is an extra hurdle that women have to go through that men should be a little bit... Uh... Some, I don't know. What, 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 what game are we playing here? I don't know. Because what are there degrees to you to your request for equality? Equality is equality across the board. So you can't ask us, hey, be equal under my circumstances. You want equality, then goddammit, accept it for what it is. If you want preferential treatment, well then you can't ask for equality. If you want preferential treatment based on woman shit. That time of the month, what you're going through at the moment, then you can't ask for equality. You can't have it both ways. But that, that's why that's why my argument thing is this. Ladies and gentlemen, and, and I'm glad I'm glad because when I went on the rant, and I knew it would happen, I got a lot of comments. And I got a lot of women who agreed with me. There are a lot of women out there 
who don't like this game that's being played. They don't like this agenda. There's a lot of women out there who say honestly to me, and I, one girl goes, this is why I've given up trying to look for my king. Because most black men are either talking bad about women or they're playing this game. There are a lot of women out there. I just wish more of them would speak up because the fact that you guys don't loudly speak up publicly is what's keeping this shit going. There are a lot of women who are very traditional in their thinking and in their 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 emotions. In other words, yeah, they want equality in terms of pay, in terms of job treatment. But outside of that, you know, they still want to be what defines a woman. They still want to play the role of a woman. They want men who are fucking men, not crybabies, not niggas who run to their mama, not niggas who are in jail or a statistic, not niggas who are running in the streets acting like thugs and boys, but men. I do my job. I make my money. I pay the bills. Even if y'all go Dutch. Okay, we partners. You know how I feel about that shit. But yeah, we partners. We, we, we share the responsibility and the bills, but I'm the man of the house. I, my, my boys look up to me because I'm the man. Not to say that their mother can't teach them certain things and do certain things. But at the end of the day, I'm the man. Those are my sons. I'm the father. They, 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 they follow daddy's lead. I'm the man. I run the house. My voice carries weight. When I walk, I make noise. I sling my dick around. I'm a man. There are ladies out there that love that shit. I just wish more of you gals would speak up because the fact that you stay silent, you keep this bullshit agenda going, and I hate to see where we're headed. Well, the other thing is, though, in that agenda and in this commercial, they answer one of the questions in the commercial that, for me, is uh, we're not equal. No. We're not. We're 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 definitely different. We're two different species. There's the male and the female, and we're different, and we're always going to be different. So this equal... Trying to be the same, we 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 both bring. I I like what you you said it. Um, you see, how do you say that um, when you, you say? Uh, sorry, I'm I'm stuttering over because I don't want to ruin your something that you say on stage. Don't worry, I clean it up. But when you say, um, I don't know what all this feminist stuff is. Don't try to be what man or woman. Right, 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 right. Uh, something about the. Uh Basically, it's like, like we look. We we all have roles to play, right? You know what I mean. Don't, ladies, don't let this feminist shit um, get in your head. Get in your head. You know what I mean. You, you know, we can both win a championship together on a team. You know, you play your part, I play my part. Let's get this goddamn trophy together. Stop trying to outdo us for the sake of proving a point. But there's Be, yeah because because to, I think if I'm speaking to what you're saying, yeah, you are. Yeah, we both can be equal in certain aspects. But when it's time to hit the game-winning shot, and I almost, I'm hesitant on saying this like this because women might take from this, well, we can't hit the game-winning shot. You can, but I don't mean it like that. I just mean physically, physically because of the makeup of what men are, there are certain things we can do you just can't do. And that's where the equality stops. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's by design. It's by nature's design and vice versa. Ladies, there's certain things you can do. We just can't do. There's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'm going to go back to my girl, Kyla Lacey. All right. Yuck, yuck. We do jokes. But let me be honest. Can men wash the dishes? Yes. Do men wash the dishes? Yes. Do the laundry, cook, 
clean, take care of the kids. Yes. Hat tip to all the single fathers out there. Nod to all the single fathers out there that do it because I know they exist. You being one of them, Mr. Steinberg. But there's a woman's touch. Can't explain it. You can try to articulate it. You'll probably butcher it. It's like an invisible force. There's a woman's touch. There's something women know how to do. I think they even call it nurturing. The way they, when a kid is hurt, the way they pick them up, the way they talk to them, the way they hug them. If a kid gets a scrape or a boo-boo on his knee, when mom kisses it, it's different than when dad kisses it. I just, and I don't mean physically, I just mean there's a, an aura there's an, that, that a mother versus a dad. Even though they both bring emotion to it, they yes. bring a different emotion. There's a, there's a different emotion that men innately, I just don't believe they have. That's why when kids get hurt, yeah, you know, sure, a little girl maybe because, you know, that's daddy's little girl. We'll run to the dad, but most kids ask, where's mommy? Instinctively, they go, where's mommy? Dad is right there like, what, what the fuck am I? I'm, I don't exist, nigga. No, you do. But where's mommy? Yeah, even that old Bill Cosby joke where he, where the dad does everything for the son, and then he scores the, the one touchdown. Carlos stole. Yeah, yeah he still, I wasn't. He, I was going to throw that in, but yeah, yeah, yeah. the one Carlos. Stole. Yeah, but he, then he runs for the touchdown. He looks into the television oh, screen hi, again. Hey, mom. Yeah. There, there's a connection, an emotional. Con- Listen, you can't live in your mother's womb for nine months, being fed off what she eats for nine months, and just be introduced to the world. And you're going to treat mommy and daddy the same. She was your motherfucking condominium for nine months. Yeah, she was your mom nine months before your dad was your exactly. dad. Exactly. She, she, you might have your dad's genes, of course, hereditary. You know, his semen going to give you certain things. But at the end of the day, your mother housed you. She fed you. You lived in her body for nine months. That is just something that is. And that's something we can't do. We can't do. But so, so again... Why the fuck do we keep in this ridiculous age of we must all be equal? We're running away from who we are. But like what I was trying to get with what you said is we are equal, but in different parts. Right. So that doesn't mean that you have to carry uh, that doesn't mean you have to carry 80 pounds up the hill. Maybe you carry 20. Maybe I carry 80 and we get up the hill. We're we're both equal in the sense that we're working together, together, but we're not equal in the sense that we can't carry the same weight. Thank you. But when we get up to the top of the hill, maybe then you take that, whatever was in those packages and you make that the whole, you make that whatever is necessary for the next step. And then I take that next step. We we're equal, but we're not always going to be equal in the same way, but we're equal in totality. That's where I would like to be. Right. Again, I always have these visions of, uh, of a, of a world that works. And obviously, it's not ever going to be that way. But uh, I I think the commercial is 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 missing because it doesn't bring more men in. I think it 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 just makes it good. We don't we don't do that. I'm telling you, and I've said it before. We we are a dying breed, man. Like 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 machoism, manisms, whatever you want to call it, in an effort to 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 make women feel like they can conquer and kick as much ass as we do. We're losing ourselves in the process. And I think there's something very, very wrong with that. Um, I want to read a, a, uh, a comment one of the girls gave. And it was hilarious because I kind of called her out. Um, uh, 
This one chick says to me, men having feminine qualities or doing things that are usually female doesn't make them bitches. Gender roles and masculinity and femininity are social constructs. Being manly doesn't make you a man any more than being feminine makes you a female. Um, to which, of course, I replied, look, uh, miss me with that bullshit. Um, and then there were a lot of dudes out there and some of which who had fantastic points about why she was ridiculous with that statement. Um, and I, at one point I said, as a man, as a man wearing a tampon makes you a bitch. End of story. Uh, and then there was this one particular guy who goes, so I guess the fact that I'm physically bigger and stronger than you and more aggressive is a social construct. I guess my penis that shoots sperm, shoots out sperm is a social construct too. No instinct or biology at all. It's funny how mostly male social constructs defend mostly female constructs, which I thought that was a great fucking point. Um, and she just kept going on and on and on. And at one point, she said something because I guess she started to feel as though like she were getting she was getting bullied. And she goes, uh, laugh out loud. All the butt hurtness is real. Y'all really spazzing badly over absolutely nothing. Does attempting to bring me down a notch make y'all feel more manly? I'm dying laughing over here at how upset y'all are getting. So and I'm just reading these. And, and my response to her was, sweetie, don't do that. You're undermining what's being said here. I don't know you personally, but I think it's obviously obvious you might be gay. Not that, that, not that there's anything wrong with that uh, to each his own, but for you to be defending your position so strongly when you have actual men telling you what they feel like is instinctively wrong comes off like you have your own agenda to defend. And what you really are or what you are trying to be because uh, you haven't uh, what you're trying to be, you're defending because you have internal conflicts within yourself. And then she goes, well, then, of course, she goes, well, what's my sexuality got to do? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just going, sweetie, I could feel you. you, you, you. And again, I, I could be wrong. I could feel you're gay. And not that there's anything wrong with that. But because you have such a strong agenda to prove how much of a man you are, even though technically you're a woman, you're trying to say it don't matter. One thing doesn't define the other when actually it does. You know, before the social construct was ever created, um, there was the. Um, tribal ways and the tribal ways uh, which would be getting down to the very basics of humanity who we are as people right. uh, men were the strength and women were the emotional part right. and, and in any household in a tribal community and when I say tribe I'm talking about beginning of time beginning before actual, the, the, the civilization, the civilization that we understand today Men were always the aggressor, women were the passive, and that's how it was back then. I'm not saying that we should, we're, we're educated now, so we should be able to uh, educate and be more developed, and our brains are more developed now, so we should be able to do better than that. But what I'm just saying is it's not just a social construct, because if we take it down to uh, the, the, the beginning, it's, it's always been that way. Men were the men were the stronger of the species, and because of that, we were the ones that went to to war, and women were the ones that were protected. If someone breaks into the house, and you do a, you do a great joke about this, but if someone breaks into your house and two of you are in bed, who's getting up to to protect the house? Now, in some homes, it is going to be the woman. And, and granted, I know I understand Listen, that it if, you got, if you got the right gun, it could be anybody. Yeah, you can be a midget. But Man. I'm just saying. 
social when you say the social construct it's not just social it's also innate within within us you know i I, you know i I can understand on one end how women feel threatened by the fact that because of their gender they get uh, prejudice bestowed upon them which is wrong but i'm also going is there any truth to some of the prejudice and if there really is and you're denying that truth just to defend who you are in terms of your gender, that's dangerous. It could be life-threatening for certain people. Let me, let me explain what I'm talking about. Like in a war situation, you talked about war. If I'm a soldier and I get shot down and I can't walk, but I'm still alive and I need my fellow comrade to pull me to safety, and my, com- my fellow soldier is a big, strong guy who can grab me and drag me to safety, I have a chance at living, don't I? Yeah. If my comrade is a dainty woman who, because we can't be prejudiced against her gender, she gets accepted into that same position and she's, you know, 110 pounds wet and I'm 200 plus. She can't drag me. She can't even move me. Now my chance at life is probably none. But there's supposed to be uh, safeguards in that too, where they have to, where someone who's 110 pounds has to pass, and men too have to pass the physical, have to, be able to carry are, something yeah, or know, some. Yeah, because I know there are women out there going, well, what? There can't be any guys out there who aren't strong enough to carry you in either way. You're fucked. Yeah, there could, but if I had to put my life's chips in the center of the table and go pick who you think best could get you out of there. I'm going to pick the nigga with the more testosterone. Would, would, you, would you not? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, to, to what you just said, everybody who goes through there has, has to go through a physical, um, they have to be tested physically. But I'm even wondering with today's rules because of this shit. They're bending them. That's bending part them. of the problem. So, so, so really, the requirements for you to pass the test are so fucking easy you could damn near be a paraplegic and pass the test. I don't know if, there's, if they're so easy. I know that they have been they have been altered somewhat, and that that's a problem because it, the idea of it is for is for survival, not not to make people equal, right? Because when you when you go into war, um, equal has nothing to do with it. It's survival, right? And how do you survive? What, are we gonna are we gonna have a fight in the middle of the battlefield? Now I understand though with today it, though this isn't about the battle this uh, this isn't about the the war battle this is about the the, the corporate battle this is about women going entering college uh, at a, at a higher rate than men and entering the workforce and wanting to be able to be as successful at what the man does in the workforce because when it comes down to mental to mental what's the difference everybody should be able to get paid the same if they do the same job right. So and I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't have. But that doesn't mean I have to wear a tampon to make it more equal for you, though, either. There we go. You know, I I, I probably didn't because I'm such a fucking Patrice fanatic. Mention this on a podcast, but one of my favorite things that he did was when he was on Opie and Anthony. He was talking about female cops, and I know I've mentioned this on the podcast, but I got to re, re resurface it because we're on this topic. But he said, it's amazing to me because he goes, when you look at a little female cop, he goes, the only power that you have in arresting me is the fact that I'm letting you is because I, I respect the law. So here I am, Patrice O'Neill, six foot something, 
300 pound black guy, strong and big. Here you are, barely five feet with all this, you know, uh, Minnie Mouse authority, you know, coming at me. Sir, you put your hands behind your back. The only reason why you arrest me, bitch, is because I'm going to do what you're telling me to. But if I wanted to make it difficult for you, you would have to call backup. And, And again, let's paint a scenario. A domestic violence call. A woman calls, my husband's crazy. He's trying to kill me. He's trying to beat me up. A little dainty female cop shows up. The husband is bigger than the both of them put together. He decides, fuck you, cop. I'm going to beat this bitch ass in front of you. And he goes to physically whoop his wife's ass some more. And the only thing standing between her and her ass whooping is five foot two Officer Sanchez. Unless she going to tase this nigga or shoot this motherfucker. It, and, and her first thing is to physically stop him, but she can't. Then what? It escalates. It but, escalates. But but take that scenario a different way. Um, and I've seen this, too, because she is a five-foot woman, and she's talking to a, a man who's doing something wrong, and she de-escalates the, system, uh, de-escalates the situation. She doesn't escalate the system. Because the situation. situation. Because sometimes some of these men... Some of these cops, they get questioned and their authority gets rattled and they change their whole, they, they escalate the situation. They don't de-escalate. They get mad. And then we find people being but that's killed. that's because there's a Napoleon complex there. They, they already self-consciously feel like, you know, they're not going to be respected because they're not. Even these big dudes are, I watch these big dudes who have a problem with people. And I've seen cops. I've Listen, and I don't want to make this a cop issue because we're talking about something else, but. Dude, this is where like I, where I agree with women sometimes. Sometimes a woman's touch that that is needed in, in, in some diplomacy when the when uh, you go into the situation. Dude, I, I was at a, I was at a restaurant and this dude, uh, this cop, uh, I was I was I was talking to this girl and we were having a, we were having a conversation. We we're in college. We we're talking about the class and we were in this debate thing and we were talking and we were having a good time. There was no there was no animosity. We were enjoying each other's company in this conversation. There was a bunch of cops sitting along this other wall eating at the same place. And this dude, the biggest dude, and all the cops got up and came over to me and he was ready to leave. But on his way out the door, he goes, "Hey, like you're gonna have to calm down or I'm gonna have to arrest you." And I go, for what? He goes, you're being loud and you're making everybody uncomfortable in here. You guys are arguing. I'm not going to have this in here. And I go, we're not arguing about anything. We're talking about school. We're having a good time. And I looked over to the people to the right of me and I go, are you, are you guys, am I making you guys uncomfortable? And, and I go, uh, and they just did, they didn't even look at him. They just shook their head. No, like, you know, but looking straight ahead right. because they were. And then I looked at the other people and they go, no. And they're looking. I go, I go, dude, the only people making anybody uncomfortable here is you. And I looked at all those cops on the wall. Not one of them was saying anything to that dude. Right. And I went. So then he he, he kind of huffs and he leaves. He goes, he goes, well, then keep it down. And he walks out right. and I go outside and he's yelling at this dude on a bike. He's screaming at him. He has the guy's handlebars. And I go, dude, you need to go. Uh, you need to go home today. You're done, man. Something's wrong with you. Right, right. And he goes, do you want to, you want to go downtown? And I go, uh, I, if it gets you off the street and you have to go do paperwork, yeah, let's go downtown. I go, I go, I have the rest of the day free. All, all the black people right there are going, white privilege. It is. <laughs> I've never denied it. He looked at me, he looked at me and he goes, he goes, you better get the fuck out of here. And I go, and then one of his, the other officers came out and grabbed him. Finally grabbed him and took him took him away. Right. 
The dude had a problem. He was a big dude. But, you know, we know that those motherfuckers exist. Yeah, but that's but women, I've seen women in situations de-escalate those situations. I'm not saying, I, what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to is we all bring certain things to the table. But can we all bring different things to the table? Yeah, but we, we can. But depending on the situation... I might not want what you bring to the table. I might not need what you bring to the table. What you bring to the table might get me fucked up. So now we got to play that tricky game. Who brings what to the table and when to use them? Yeah. But let's use everybody. Let's put people in the correct situations. Because what you're saying about war or like in a situation, I, I, I would be I would be happier in my head knowing that the person that's in that foxhole next to me um, is going to be able to take care of me like I could take care of them. Right. I, I get that. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It makes sense. We all bring, we all have, we all have great attributes. We all have bring different things to the table. I don't know why we have to try to bring all the same things to the table, but it's a, it's a matter of respect. And I think in the workforce, I understand what women are saying. Okay. And, and listen, again, let me go back to my original thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging, Hey man, Based on whom, what I am, my makeup, my DNA, who I am as a man, this ain't for you, sweetie. And she should be able to say that to me too, and accept it both ways. Yeah, but you know, it's funny because when you hear this this talk, and you hear things about global warming, and you hear how dumb people are because the science behind it in global warming. People aren't believing the science. How can you disregard the science? How can you disregard yeah. the science? Kayla had the, the, I love her quote. I'd love to live in a world where uh, math doesn't make sense. But then when we take it to male and female and we have all the science yeah. that we are different. Right. We're not the same. We have to do things different ways because of who we are, our makeup, our biology. Right. But that science doesn't exist or that science is being looked at it in a different way or we have to change the science or we have to upgrade so that we can make we, we, we can adjust for science. We can adjust for nature. I don't know how scientific this is or if this fa falls under the guidelines of science. But one of the greatest things I love. And again, I got to go back to my love for the female, for women. The fact that a woman's body is soft. Like when you when you're in the throes of passion, like the, the, the fact that her thigh and her fucking back and her ass, everything is soft and jiggly in contrast to my hardness as a man. That seems natural to me. Women that biologically and, are supposed to carry more fat than men. That yin and that yang, that peanut butter and that jelly, that salt to that pepper seems by nature's design right. Like sometimes, like dude, when I when I my trainer who I'm fucking with now, when I see this nigga, we do the we, we do the man hug, you know, the, the handshake, half hug. Yo, what up, dog? Bow. And even fans that I meet, and I'm, I shake hands of some niggas that are clearly in great tip top shape. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this nigga's back. Like this, as I put my hand over his back, it, it feel like a crater has been cut out of a mountain. Like this, this stones, <laughs> shit is hard, man. Two dudes rolling around of that same makeup, like two rocks fucking. You're, you're taking this conversation. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to steer it into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, like to my point, men are men, and there are things that define men. 
There are things that are the makeup of a man and vice versa. And those two opposites are a wonderful attract. That's our roles. I, I don't know. Do you I'm chauvinistic. I guess I'm just chauvinistic. And, yeah, well, and, and we're and, and, and we're mansplaining to women, but I think women. It, what I would look at it a different way, and if you can explain it to us a different way so that we can understand it, that would be good. Because I'm not mansplaining to anybody. I'm not trying to tell a woman anything. I'm trying to tell you what my confusion is, and this is how I feel. And if you can give me some insight, that'd be great. But I'm going to leave it like this. Uh, do you eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? Yes, I do. Do you enjoy peanut butter and jelly? Absolutely. Do you put equal amounts of peanut butter to jelly? No, I, I am a jelly guy. I put so much jelly that with every bite, jelly drops fall out the back. So you like more jelly than peanut yes. butter? Yes. But what do you call it? A peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, so one, it's equal? It's equal in the name. It's equal, though. It's not equal in the satisfaction. But it's still equal. Yes. It's peanut butter and jelly. Yes. It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yes. And it's equal. Because yes. it's, it's peanut butter and jelly. Yes. Your just taste preference wants a little bit more sweetness, a little bit more jelly. Yes. And a little less salt and peanut taste. Yes. But it's equal. Peanut butter, because jelly did its job to make that sandwich taste great to you. Yes. And peanut butter did that, gel, that job to make it taste great to you. Yes. And together, even though they're not the same amount, it came together and made a delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich for you. Yes, it did. Yeah, so it's all equal. It's just not always the same. Maybe I should change the name to a jelly, jelly, jelly peanut butter sandwich. Jelly, jelly, jelly sandwich. <laughs> that jelly is oppressing the peanut butter. <laughs> Oh, God. Something else I want to move on to. Uh, the moral of the story, uh, niggas, don't win no goddamn. Somebody asked me, Aries, so to secure that bag, meaning the money, to you wouldn't have made that commercial for, for you to secure the bag. I said, nigga, they would have to pay me 37 figures and a passport. Because I got to get the fuck out of Dodge. I can't be known as the nigga with the string hanging out of his ass in a tampon commercial. Let me ask you this, one more question about that commercial. W yeah. Was it an in-shape guy that was wearing that? No, nah, average-looking dude. Average-looking dude. So yeah. when he was wearing his booty shorts, his ass was all, like, it looked, it looked, it looked even grosser? Well, his ass was covered. You just saw a string hanging out of, out of, his, out of his... So they weren't booty booty shorts. They were just short yeah, shorts. Yeah, short shorts. John Stockton type. <laughs> Everybody before Jordan type. Everybody before Jordan type. Uh, I just, you know, I just... I don't know. No, you know, I just I, I have to see the commercial. Really, I have to see it. But I'm sure you could pull it up. But I, I, I don't know that I'm I'm excited to go watch it. It just threw you because I like my commercials. Hey, listen, if anybody on Madison Avenue heard my commercials and think my commercials right. are irrelevant, why, why don't you call me up? Because I have I have. It other was commercials. one of those when they cut to her when she says I can't, and they cut to him walking in the thing. You went, what the fuck is this? And once you realized what it was, you, you just, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Nah. Um, on another pressing matter, um, you know, we had a conversation back when we were talking about police brutality. And I said, look, I've never been into conspiracy theories. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. So I'm not saying it's what it is. This just how it feels. I said, with all these cops constantly killing niggas and getting away with it to be put in position to kill more niggas, it feels like there is an agenda because, and again, I want to be very careful here because I don't want this to come off like I'm saying that's what it is. I'm just saying what it feels like. I don't have any proof, 
I don't know. I'm just telling you what it feels like. It feels like because white people, by whatever year they said, are going to be the minority in this country. And there are certainly, through what we've seen in the news, of white fragility, of white men who feel like this country is being lost. They are no longer a factor. And all the minorities are taking over, that the white race is coming to an end. And it feels like maybe there's some hidden government agenda for white people to find any means to protect their species. So maybe that's why these cops is killing niggas and getting away with it. I'm not saying that's what it is. Just saying what it feels like. Then I ran across this on Facebook. And I'm going to play this. And this is a white professor explaining this. Uh, and the title was about the extermination of black people in America. Now, granted, this clip is seven minutes long, but uh, I'd like you to take a listen uh, because when he breaks this down, I'd really like to talk about this. There is a depopulation so, agenda that wants to reduce the entire global population to about one billion people. But it seems from observing the way they're doing this, they, they sure do want to get rid of black people first. And they're actively doing it. It's happening right now. It's right under your nose. Most people have no clue that it's going on. And you've got Black Lives Matter out there marching for social justice. Completely oblivious to everything I've just said. Where, where is Black Lives Matter talking about the abortion industry or the vaccine industry or the psychiatric medication of young black kids or the autism epidemic or the use of, of black children for medical experiments? Black Lives Matter doesn't touch any of those things. They might bash some heads at some speech that they don't like. Maybe take down a couple of Nazis or some white supremacists. You know, bash some white hoods out there. They might, they might have a little bit of success at that, but guess what? You're still being exterminated because it's in the food, it's in the medicine. The scientific community is working to exterminate you. Hey, your enemy is not even the Nazis and the white supremacists. It's the scientists, it's the pharmacology, evildoers, it's, it's, it's the drug companies, it's the vaccine companies, it's the abortion providers. That's who's killing you. All right, in 1969, New York Times ran an article authored by Gladwin Hill. That's his name, Gladwin Hill, he's the author. You can look this up. The article is entitled, A Sterility Drug in Food is Hinted. The article cited a scientist named Paul Ehrlich, who's a depopulation advocate, as well as the, key, the chief science advisor for then-President Richard Nixon. And his name, the science advisor, is, let's see, Lee, Dr. Lee Dubridge. And he said, quote, listen to this quote very carefully. He said, quote, population control should be the prime task of every government. Here's how they were going to accomplish this. This is all in the New York Times in 1969. I've reprinted the article in naturalnews.com. If you want to see this, you can read it for yourself. You can convince yourself. I'm not making this up. This is all on the record, okay? He said, quote, the addition of a temporary sterilant to staple foods or to the water supply would be the way to achieve mandatory infertility. Did you catch that? In 1969, they called for secretly inserting sterilization chemicals into the food supply and the water supply to depopulate the planet. It's not a conspiracy theory. 
It's in the New York Times, 1969. Same year we landed a man on the moon, right? Advanced technology. What do they want to do with it? They want to exterminate blacks with it. Now, notice they call for adding this covert sterilization chemical to the food supply and the water supply. Well, what has happened since then? Lead poisoning in Flint, Michigan. It's a damaging chemical in the water supply, isn't it? It's right out of the playbook from 1969. This is part of the plan. And that's just one time they got caught. What about the tetanus vaccines in Africa that were found to be contaminated with a sterilization chemical? Same thing. They were going to hide it in the food and the water. Now they're putting it in the vaccines. It's all, it's all consistent. Oh, and by the way, that chemical that they found in the vaccines is called beta-BCG. Beta-BCG. Let me describe this to you, all right? Beta-BCG causes the female body to have an immune system response that builds antibodies that destroy her own fetus if she gets pregnant. Do you realize that through this chemical that they secretly insert into the vaccines, they can cause a black woman's body to turn against itself and to murder its own baby in absolute violation of natural law and biblical principles and medical morality and everything else. And they were putting this sterilization chemical into these vaccines without the informed consent of the women who were being sterilized. This is evil medicine. This is evil science. This is genocide in the name of vaccines for public safety, right? That's what they tell you. Oh, this is all for public safety? while they're making an African woman's body murder her own baby before it can be born and they don't tell her about it? That's medicine? That's public safety? <laughs> That's a holocaust. It's a holocaust against blacks across our planet. Now you see, you see why, why I have to speak this truth? You, you see why? You, wasn't it Edmund Burke who said all that's necessary for, for evil to prevail is that good men do nothing, right? I'm not going to stand here and be silent. I'm not going to stand here and be intimidated. Those people out there, you know, they can, they can slander and they can defame me all they want, all day and night. Call me anything. Fake news, lies, fake accusations. The truth is that you people are genocidal maniacs trying to kill black babies and turn black women against their own babies. You're trying to turn a woman's womb into a murder system through the use of covert sterilization chemicals. That is a scientific and medical fact. And that's why I'm standing here today, to speak this truth, to put it on the record so that no one can hide from this fact that this genocide is taking place right now, today. It's not 1932 Tuskegee experiment anymore. It's more advanced. Now, it's not just one vector killing black people. It's five or six different vectors. It's in the food. It's in the vaccines. It's in the medicine. It's in the psychiatric drugs. Oh, and let's get to the food because this is the final chapter of this that will absolutely shock you. Now, you're, you're hopefully aware of genetic engineering of the food supply, right? They're called GMOs or genetically modified organisms. This is a, an advanced science technique to alter the DNA of food crops in order to build in certain traits and physical properties or even chemical properties that the scientists want to put into the food.
So that was that. Now there, there's there's what four more episodes of that? Yeah, I think that was episode five. Now, real quick, let me. I I noted that this guy was a professor. I also want to note that he was white. Um, so I want to do a callback to the brother. I can't even remember your name, and I'm probably sure you don't even listen to this podcast anymore because of the way I've sodomized your ass uh, when you tried to sit there and say that I was a coon and a sambo for not saying all white people. Um, that's why, idiot. I, I, it would be foolish of me, again, to hate all white people. When I've said just in episode 110 during the Obama email, there have been white people on a ground level that have fought with us, lived with us, fought, hit us during slavery, protested with us, died with us, took violence with us. This white man don't have to do that unless he's got some fucking agenda. And that would really be the slickest shit ever. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing but love for white folks. God bless this white man. How come he's doing this and some black professor is not? That's a good question. All right. You have any thoughts on that? Um, I want to see the rest of the the rest of the videos. I I, I know where you started right. and, and I don't. I think they're bad cops out there. I don't think that's the... the, the that's why I said okay. it's what it feels like. I get that. That's what it feels like because I, I think if for, for the agenda to occur, they'd want it to be honest, and this is going to sound more fucked up, they'd want it to be much faster than that. But my question... But wouldn't much faster than that be too obvious? No, because what I believe, and going to your point is, why when you talk about um, black-on-black crime or violence or whatever, right. the, the, why can't they fix Chicago? Why, why are, what did they say? Maybe they don't want to. That's my. Oh. Uh, because what do they say? Like, let the niggas uh, eradicate themselves. themselves because if, right. then, they, then they, they, they can walk away from us and we, we had nothing to do with. Oh, fucking Andy. Great quote. Great fucking quote. I'm glad you say that. There was a quote I saw in here by Malcolm X. They will pay one of us to kill one of us so they could say it wasn't one, one of, of us. us. I saw that quote. I know that quote. Wow. Um, yeah, that that seems more to me. When you, what, what you're talking about, that right. comes to my head because that's a lot quicker. It's a lot quicker without the uh, re- repercussions, without going to television or trial or to. Right. Um, so that's what I. That was my first thing that I was going to say. But to to his point, yeah, this has been an ongoing situation for a long time because uh, we taught you just you mentioned to ski, and then. Uh, but what what was interesting in there and why people should really, you know, people of all races should be concerned with what he said. He said, the, the, we, what are we, 9 million people, right? 7 million people in the world? 7 billion they people? people on planet, yeah. and they, want to, they would like to, ideally, the number is 1 billion. Ain't that some Thanos shit? <laughs> Art imitating life? Well, it's funny because when people say things aren't cinematic and right. we have cartoons and, uh, and, and uh, comic book movies... Right, that are that are actually giving you tidbits of, of of what's going on. It's kind of funny if you pay attention. Right, and I don't mean funny as in a <coughs> comedic way. Right, but let me let me try to say something funny to make everybody happy that doesn't think that I sh- that I. Uh, well, let me say something <laughs> that might may or may not be funny. But here's my question to you: Let's just say, yeah, this is some Thanos shit. And you were, like in the Avengers, you were one of the people that didn't get fizzled away. Who in your life 
could you live with being fizzled away versus not? Who can I live with being fizzled away? Yeah, you got, if I had to have a motherfucker go, but some motherfucker stay, take so and so and let me keep. Oh, I got. I you got to give me a number that I can have. <laughs> how many I can keep? How many I can get rid of? Uh, uh, you got to give me a top ten list and then take away from that. Uh, you, you know, dude, it, it's so weird though because when when you when you say this and and then they were talking about, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna share just some mental stuff that I have in my head right now from listening to everything that gets said. Um, that the white race in America is going to be the minority. Yeah. And I, and I've heard a lot of people say some things uh, towards this, like you know that's what white people are scared of. That's what. Let, let's flip it around for a second. You heard that there's whatever the amount of billion. I know it's at least seven billion in the world. I think is what, I think is what it's at, or more. And they wanted to be down to a billion. It's not about the amount of your race anymore. It, that used to be the, right. to build up your race. Now it's going to be the amount of your wealth per person. So. Uh, what I mean by that is if you're looking at um, we have to have a population reduction, who's right. going to, who's going to remain the people with the money is going to remain. But don't people with money need poor people to feed off of? Well, once we get to a, um, once they need to get to that billion number, let's say that I'm just saying, throwing this out there, they get to that billion number and we have computers now that can do almost everything for us. Right. And, with the new computers that look like humans, right. that don't uh, do anything to the environment, because they're not going, they're not going to, they're not going to be farting. So there's none of the, not relieving right. gas. To right. the, they're going to take care of our, our ozone. They're not going to uh, eat. They're not going to. They're not. They won't be destructive like we are. Right. They're basically computers with, uh, with a, a fleshy, you know, outer. Um, won't that be enough to do all the work that they need them to do? So, you know, here's the thing that's, I guess, the scariest thing to me is that while you're supposed to go, wow, we embrace the future, we look forward to the future, technology and the advancements, it almost seems like the future is a scary thing with climate change and what what's going to happen. And we know for us, we, unless we magically turn this shit around, it has been it, it's a fact by this time in this part of the future, we will have lost this. This will no longer remain. What used to be a living species is now all gone. So while the future is supposed to look bright, it looks goddamn grim. Well, it's grim because think about it. When they say that even if we were to try to turn back what we're doing now right. to uh, save the planet, which is the funniest thing in the world because the planet's fine. Yeah. Planet's fine, everybody. Planet's going to be just great it'll be a different planet right. and the biggest difference is we won't be on it the planet's fine planet right. will still be spinning right we just won't see it right but in order for they say that there's no we can't really even turn that back now which it's right. too late and one of the reasons we can't turn it back is because adding to the population even if we try to decrease we're increasing more people so we can't really decrease the way that we need to right so the only answer for that would be depopulation and i mean if people really see a future that they want here, there's a possibility they could put us in uh, rocket ships and send us to uh, Mars. Which they've been trying to hint at wanting to, wanting to do. And trying to develop an atmosphere and whatever they want to do out there. But 
I mean, these are these are things that are not fantasy anymore. These are these are actually if I if I'm saying them to you, there's somebody who's getting paid to do research right now to figure out how absolutely. to do this shit. Okay, well then let me throw this at you and tell me if you think this is so far fetched. Because at this point, the more I hear about this kind of shit, and if there's any truth to it at all, then you can't put doubt past anything. And as crazy as this is gonna sound. Tell me if this is just weed talk. Tell me if I'm out of my fucking mind. Tell me, Aries, you're bugging. You can even say, nigga, please. Do you think that it would be, this is almost like a horror movie. Do you think maybe if we could, let's say we could sneak into the Pentagon or the White House or whatever, they keep these secret forms of documents that no one sees but the the, the, the most high to high rankings and we could read the forms on depopulation and the agenda, air quotes, if there is one. Get the black population down so low that we can bring back slavery. And there isn't enough of them to do anything about it. But then if there's not enough of them to do anything about it, there's not, they're not worthwhile as your slave population. Shit. Who would say that? I just did. I, you did, but you, you're not a you're not a, you're not a, you're not a potential slave owner. If, if, if people if people's objectives are to go, we want to own niggas again, we want to bring it all the way back and make America great again, back into the 17th century. Okay, you you speaking as someone who would never own a slave because you know how fucked up and wrong it is. But for the people out there that would love that, well, no, because it, they, if there's a if there's a hierarchy and always in a hierarchy, then. You could you could imagine that happening. There's still slavery going on in this world right now. Okay. So yeah, you can imagine it. Yeah, well, it's a possibility, but it also depends. You know, it would it, if it's white people that are in charge. Let's be really. Well, 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 let's be honest. This whole thing that we're talking about, the extermination of the black population, yeah. bringing the numbers down. So when you say that. White people are trying okay, to be in charge. So white people are in charge. Let's say so. Let, let's that's let's their go. whole fight. They okay. losing charge. So why why were and God? I'm gonna fucking get get your computers ready. Get get those keyboards ready. Because the black people about to write you, or white people are. Uh, I think the world's about ready to write oh, me right okay. now. Okay. So what what's the, why why were black people made slaves? Because white people didn't want to work. And they felt they were the dominant species, and nigga, and people beneath them could do that shit. Or just for just just if you're white and you're looking at the oh, population of the, the world, part. this is the or. No, oh, this is the part. Yeah. How, how, what's the easiest way for me to separate people? Is that I can see you're not supposed to be free. You're not supposed to be free. You're black. If you're black, I can separate you from the community. I can see you as a black person. In, in, a, in, in looking out the window, I can see 25 black people and a thousand white people. And I know those black people aren't supposed to be there. Round up them black people and move them over. Because visually, and going back to the visual, visual that we're visual people, that's the easiest way to separate. We're, we're not going to do a DNA test in the middle of a place. That's why, that's why black people were made slaves, because visually they could separate black people. So if, if it's if, the only reason. I wouldn't say it's the only reason. I'd say that uh, that's the main reason. I think that's the reason it was able to continue because you could separate 12 years a slave. How did he get to be back? How did he go back to being a slave? He was black. They accepted that the black people were slaves. He's back in the slave population. He has to prove that he's a free man. They had to go find him. One of those people didn't ever go find him. He wouldn't be called 12 years a slave. He'd be called 22, 22, 22, and I'm dead a slave. So all I'm saying is, 
if white people are solely in charge and they reduce the numbers of black people, yeah. Yeah, they could do it again. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. That's some scary shit. I mean, that's that's a movie. I don't think it could happen. I think there's enough people out there that would I, I would want to believe that's a better way for me to put that. Yeah. I want to believe, want to believe that there's a that that wouldn't happen again because I, I, there's better people. But I don't trust people either. That's why I'm not friends now with everybody. You're being pedantic. That's pedantic. Yeah, you swimming in a lot of different pools, nigga. Choose one. I told you. I said it could if that was to happen. I would like to believe that it didn't. That does. That's not being pedantic. You, you like okay, we, you would like to believe that it wouldn't, but at the same time, I'm admitting you don't that it trust could. People, it could, it could, but you don't think it would. Nah, nigga, you in a lot of different pools. I would say. In my lifetime, I don't think it could happen. But do I see that it could happen again in a future lifetime when we... I, I think it could. Because, yeah. again, let's start it with the base of what this is about. This whole man's whole thing was about eradicating black people. Right. Putting substances in the waters to make black women's babies never be born. Not being able to duplicate, reproduce. Therefore, our numbers are low. And if our numbers are low enough to control... Why wouldn't they? Because if we could get back to this, to where the technology's at, it would be much cheaper and much easier just to have robots as your slaves. And not, and, and honestly, if they wanted to, if, if, if this, I think some white folks would have niggas as slaves just for the thrill of it. Yeah. Just for the thrill of it. See, I, I that's you being Andy. That's no, you being nice, Cap. No, it's because because the people who really hate black people in this country right here. What do they always say? They want you to go back home, go back to where you came from. They don't even want, they don't want you on their farms no, no, anymore. No, no. They, they want they want us to go back when we're free. When we were conformed, they were happy with it. Paul Mooney had a great yeah, joke. yeah. I know. Paul Mooney yeah. had that great joke about you know Mammy. You know, if they brought slavery back, white people would welcome Mammy, would open up. Oh, Mammy, welcome home. We left your room just like, like you, you left, left it. But when, when niggas are free, now it's go back. We don't have any use for you anymore. Go back. I, but that's my, my, my point is I think there'd be more in the go back. The people um, that you're talking un, about. Unless. One, if, if you have the ability to flex your ideology and your superiority and your dominance over another species. The white man is greater than the black man. We are superior. Well, you can't flex your muscles if there's nobody around to witness the flexing. So if they truly wanted niggas to go back and that's what it was about, and you got rid of every single black person on this earth, then your rhetoric doesn't mean anything anymore because you can't exercise it on anybody. What better way to exercise your dominance than to say, I own you? If I tell you what to do, you got to do it. I can't disagree with you on that. I just, I, I would... I, for what your theory was, I think it would be they would prefer robots than having to deal with an actual human being. I don't know, man. Because a robot will do whatever it says without question. You can't fuck a robot. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. No, I know technically, but in the slave days, the white dudes was able to fuck them black women without it's, permission. It's a different. It, it's a different time, and technology isn't. Technology isn't going to allow. Hopefully, wouldn't allow that to happen again. Anyway, everybody has technology. It'd be interesting to see how technology could either play into that or not. This is your book, man. This is your movie. 
This like, is your you know sci-fi movie. Like if, like if technology, with that technology, you I know what you're saying. With t- with technology, it would be hard for niggas to be slaves because there's so many things they could. But what if that worked the opposite way? What if the technology made it even harder for niggas to escape or do what they want to do? Because you know you can always alter technology. So with that kind of power to make it work against niggas at the hands of white people who wanted to go, yeah, we bring slavery back. Okay, and now we can track these niggas. We can GPS these niggas when they leave. Go ahead, run. We won't even have to chase you. We'll call the motherfuckers in the two states you're gonna be at to come get you. Okay, well let's 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 do a different movie. How about this movie? This one here, here's the past the weed. Here, 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 here's the here's the here's the Spike Lee cut instead uh, instead of the one that you're writing. Yours is I don't know who's you're writing right now. Um, because of everything we just talked about and the uh, emasculation of men, especially white men. Let's be honest, it right. is especially white men because where where a lot of this started in white like the Dutch countries where, you know, women don't even pee sitting down. They have urinals with the thing that comes out so they can pee into those um, because they stand. So they stand, everybody stands. So this has been going on a long time. It's very accepted there. We go, it's coming here. It's accepted. We're going to, the the demasculation of men. And uh, then the, whatever, the uh, apocalypse comes. There's a, a meteor hits the earth and everything is in shambles and the computers go down. So there's no more technology that way. Right. And now people have to rely on their skills, their savvy, their strength. Right. But men are not men anymore. They're, they're, they're different. They're, they're soft. They're weak. They're, they're not, they're, they're all mental because they've been working with computers and on their phone and they're not, they're, they're watching football, not playing football, but not even when they go play football, they're playing on, uh, on Madden. So everybody's weak. Who's the strongest? Who's left that's strong? Who's, who hasn't bought into that so far right now? I would say that, uh, black culture hasn't bought into it as much. Right. So now what happens when all the white people are slaves? Now, do you want some white slaves that are weak and can't do any work? Yes. Okay. Yes. So there's your there's the other there's the other side of the movie. <laughs> so maybe this demasculation of men has something else to do with what's going to happen in the future, though. How you feel about this podcast so far? It's a weird podcast. No, no, I wouldn't use weird. I would not use the word weird. Interesting. I think it's very interesting. I, I think I think that. Uh, I think we threw a lot of alternate ideas out. Yes, but I also think we we covered a lot of important things. I think talking about the the male versus female gender equality slash uh, emasculating of men thing was important. I certainly think this part was important. Um, I want to listen to the other episodes because I want to know yeah, more about what he's yeah, talking I mean, about. We, we go back to it, and, and and I know we're already over an hour, but I feel like I want to lighten this up. This this is this podcast feels special. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I think we it's it's almost like uninvited, unannounced family came over, and it's time for dinner, and we realize, holy shit, we got to break out to find China. So let's lighten it up a little bit. You want to read a couple of emails? Yeah, go ahead. Not many. We don't have many. Yeah, just but I just want to kind of lighten this up before we go out. All right. Let's read some emails. Jonathan Poto. I'm a longtime fan of your stand-up. Hollywood, look, I'm smiling. Still ranks in my top 20 albums of all time as well as your acting and writing on Mad TV. I just discovered this podcast and have been racing back through, the, through your catalog to catch up on all great conversations. 
I generally love the dynamic between you and Andy. But that being said, Andy <clears throat> said some bullshit <clears throat> on episode 87. Pardon me, guys. Episode 87, part two. That would be grounds for you taking him off the show. Oh, shit. Oh, all right. Let's hear this. I couldn't believe that Andy would compare the desire of black separatists to move back to Africa after a violent struggle with the desire of white nationalists to take back the country for white people. While the KKK is trying to dominate America based on a racist ideology, uh, Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam, and black separatism grew out of a sense of self-defense against this racist reconquest ideology of the KKK. As Malcolm X said, black people in America must defend themselves by any means necessary. It is entirely possible within the current political climate uh, that we are going to enter a period of all-time struggle for minorities. Given that there's probably a 10% chance that Trump wins re-election with a full GOP Congress and Supreme Court, this country could very easily slip into Nazism and threaten the lives of blacks and Jews, not to mention free thinkers such as myself, which, and I'm going to stop reading for a second just to say this, which is kind of what I'm alluding to about the slavery shit. Yeah. But let me go back. Let me go. Black, uh, black people in the U.S. have been given little reason to believe that they will ever achieve complete freedom through peaceful means. And it is completely rational for them to maintain the option of fighting back and demanding the creation of a black nation of, of African-Americans, an option that can't be maintained without continued political organization and activism. At the moment, a race war would obviously be far too costly to everyone to be a reasonable option right now, especially to us. That's me saying that. But what Aries about but but what but what Aries about the importance of Farrakhan giving hope to struggling non-political everyday black people is correct. The great American experiment, as Mr. Steinberg accurately describes it, is still just that an experiment. It might work out. It might not. And if it doesn't, blacks are likely to get hit the hardest. Amen. In short, Mr. Steinberg, check your privilege and stop looking at America through your white skin and rose colored glasses, assuming that things will eventually work out for black people here. Just because it might doesn't mean it's smart for black people to assume it will. Yes, there are many racist and black separatist movements, but at the end of the day, the purpose of these movements has generally been to defend black lives against white hatred. Fuck you for insulting that Farrakhan is in any way equally responsible for this country's problems as white supremacy is. And when you freak out about him talking to white nationalists, remember another thing. Malcolm X told us, know your enemy. Sincerely, Jonathan Poto. P.S. You can't blame niggas for bombing Hiroshima and Nagasaki when most niggas still couldn't get the right to vote. And scene. Um. Well, he took that into a whole different realm than I actually said it. I've never blamed Farrakhan for anything. And I actually have said on the podcast that I that I have, I actually talked to Farrakhan and respected Farrakhan. And I think that the world is better because the, especially black folks in this country are better off because of Farrakhan. So um, if you take it from one thing that I said and you extrapolate it to I just said this about Farrakhan, I think that there is something nefarious because this isn't something Farrakhan did early in his uh, in his time as a leader, uh, speaking to the white nationalist and 
trying to come up with an agenda that worked both for the white nationalist and the black separatists. So uh, I, I, that is just something that I feel is, is something that needs to be further looked into. But to say that I had just thrown Farrakhan out there completely. No, I never did. So um, I, we, I think that a conversation even started with the million man March and how did I feel it about it? And I said that anybody who can put a million black men in Washington, D.C. and there's no problems and everything. I think that that's a pretty powerful movement and that I, I gave him credit for all that. So where you're coming from is uh, everything that you've ever heard a white person say before. And you threw it all in there and mixed it in and then threw that on me as well, because that's not what my intent was. Um, as far as uh, what else was in there about me? Uh, oh, bombing the bombing, the bombing. Oh, the Listen again. <laughs> what we keep missing is I'm not saying I'm not trying to give responsibility to these things that have happened. I'm saying that if you live here now, you still we all benefit from what has happened in the past, and that's what. I don't understand what's so hard to understand that if if you, whatever water or thing you you take out of the ground today that were affected by what happened years later, we all share in that. If you want me to share in the fact that the people in America, uh, white people in America, started have brought slavery here or were using slaves here and built this country, and I'm responsible for that because I live here and I take advantage of that, I have to also say that everyone who lives here also takes advantage of that now is it is it fair or is it equal to you as a person uh, I, I i can't say that i i can't say that it's equal to you because that's your answer I, and i don't even know where you're from dude i don't even know if you're a generation that came in after slavery that you could have came here 30 years ago so i i don't know who you are but let, let's put it into general terms where i say that that is part of your uh you're a black american that you came over here uh your your background your heritage is is from uh from a slave background and then you came here you, you know, you're born, but you are still in America taking advantage of what your family, your heritage went through. So we owe it to everybody. And we do have a responsibility to everything that happened before. I'm not talking about did you have responsibility for it? You are living in a country that did this and you reap benefit today. And if you're reaping benefit today, then you have a responsibility to what happened in the past. That's my point. As, as I hear this argument again and again and again, I don't know if I'm right or wrong, and I don't even know if I'm if I'm interpreting this right. But when you say, based off of what the blood in the backs of our ancestors did, white people reap the rewards from that, correct? Yes. Okay. So, based off the, that same blood, sweat, and tears, some of the advantages that we have today. Black people benefit from that as well. Is that what you... We, if we're living here and we know what the past was and our structure of this system is for us to succeed and to take benefit from what the country offers us, it's not off all the same backs? It is. And, we, and you know what? We do benefit. Um, just like, you know, the, the struggle of the 60s and the civil rights movement, black people today don't have to go through what they did do with what they went through. So we benefit from them too. Exactly. But what I think is getting lost in translation is it's a different benefit. It is a different benefit. And I never tried to say it was the same benefit. What I'm trying but maybe to say, what you should have said is that it's a different benefit. You've never, you've never really said that you, it kind of comes off like you're saying it's all the same thing. And in theory, 
you're right. We all reap the rewards and the benefits of that shit, but it's a different reaping of the rewards. It's it's different though, a little bit. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're not we're not. It is it is different because the obstacles for Black Americans have been tremendous, past what any 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 other culture has ever had to endure. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and we could say in this country, because I don't know what it was like to be in Egypt or in, when it, uh, hundreds of years ago. And you've heard me say, I don't care too much. Right. So let's just go right, with this country. Right, right. That being said, today, because of what people have done before you, we everybody reaps a benefit. Right. Now, is your benefit the same as mine? I don't know. I don't know. I, for me to say that, I mean, okay, let me, let me, I can, I can switch it a different way. Is your benefit with this person who just, is your benefit different than Jay-Z's benefit? Jay-Z seems very successful in America. Is your benefit different than his? I would say yes, because he's managed to make this successful. So does he own more of, of what the, of the negative that took to, of this country to get to where he is? I think he, I, I don't think so. I don't think he uh, the, he he his benefit is more than he just did more with what his benefit was. But we've all benefited from this. We uh, white America has taken more. So they owe more to the pot. OK, I would say that is fair to say it that way. But every day when you wake up and you're in a, you're you're in America and you get whatever it is. Now, some people aren't reaping any rewards. So this is because another issue. So for me to have this conversation and say it that way, some people are living in, in, in a terrible situation. And I don't know that I can justify what I'm saying by saying they're reaping rewards of a shitty situation. And I don't know what your, sir, I don't, and, and to be fair, con, like, I don't know what your situation is, sir. I don't know what you, what you deal with on a daily basis. I might, I might do this in the most sloppy way possible, trying to make this point. But it's almost like, okay, like when you say the strides that we've made as a people in this country, given what this country has been, is tremendous. And it is, because if you go once upon a time ago, white people could kill black people and for sure, 100% of the time, get away with it. In the 50s. In the 50s. Just right around the corner. In the 60s and the 70s and... So but, for, and, but, uh, someone else who's yelling, it's still happening today. Yeah. Well, 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 yeah well, and, and they're right. Right. It is. But here's what I'm saying. It is still happening today. Is it happening the way it did in the 50s? No. And through the civil rights movement and the sacrifice, we as black people have benefited in the sense that it ain't the 50s no more. But it still is happening. So we're not benefiting the same way White folks benefit. Not at all. You know, uh, if OJ did what he did back in the 50s and the 60s, there wouldn't have even been a trial. The nigga would have been on a tree. Um, and it had it gone to trial, I don't believe the makeup would have been predominantly black. And he wouldn't have gotten off. But because the trial was predominantly, the, the makeup of the jury was black, and given the circumstances... And the history of cops fucking niggas over and the system, we saw what happened there. So that's progress. It's 
fucked up progress. Is it fucked up progress or is it is it fair to say on that particular trial that you got to see a rich black man treated like a rich white man, which made things equal in that moment? Not every day equal, but in that moment, in that moment, in our history, in our political system, in our judicial system, that moment. A black, a a rich black man was treated like a rich white man. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that really the the, the point of the uh, when the people didn't understand when white people are looking at black people cheering and it wasn't just that they were cheering because he got off. It was because the system treated a rich black man the same way that they would have treated a rich white man. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm only reason why I'm hesitating is because we keep seeing rich black man. I mean, I get that he's rich black man, but poor, poor people are treated like shit equally. Not uh, at, at, when let me wait, 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 let me finish that. They're treated equally, and then their white is taken into account, or they're brown, or they're other. But if OJ hadn't been rich, and let's say he was ex OJ, the football player, but he didn't have money, he turned out a sad statistical story right like a lot of black athletes he was broke he wasn't rich he wasn't famous anymore he happened to be married to a white woman he killed two white people he was on trial the fact that he got off whether he was rich or poor the reaction would have been the same he didn't get he wouldn't have gotten off if he was poor no because no, no, he wouldn't no, have had those no, attorneys no. he wouldn't have had that team he wouldn't have had the access I, I, I know what you're saying but but i know what you're saying but i'm just saying even if he didn't have the access to that team, even if he didn't have the access to that to those lawyers, what got him off was the jury. The ju- if as long as the jury, if the jury makeup was the same, no, no, listen to me. If the jury makeup was the same, as long as the result would have been the same, it wouldn't have mattered if he had money really? or not. It might have been more important because it would have been like, wow, yes, a nigga with no money to kill two white people really? got off. You're going to say this to me when we're fighting about whether or not the judge should have been hugging the. Uh, What's her face? The 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 killer, the, the the cop. I don't understand the correlation between the judge and this. That that was a mammy. The judge was a mammy. Period. Who who's who do you know? Do you know everybody in the jury box? He got off because if the if the glove don't fit, you have to acquit. That's why he got off because he had the people to get him off. So 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 a, a lawyer who wasn't expensive couldn't have said the same shit. It's rhythmic talking. That's what niggas do. He it w- it wouldn't have said it because it would never came up that way. It wouldn't have worked out that way. I don't know that I buy that. I don't know that I buy that. I I I'm one. You, so you, let me ask you this. Let's take that same scenario. So if it's about money, and it's about the fact that OJ could afford. High-priced attorneys. That jury's all white. He gets off with all that money and lawyers. I still think he gets off. You're, now, that's when niggas is typing. Yeah, well, go ahead. That's when niggas is typing. This is where you're showing your whiteness. Let me say this again, because I want to give you a chance to rethink what because you there just was said. Because there was I white mean, people on the jury, it, too. It doesn't matter. The majority of the jurors were black. Yeah. They were outvoted. So let me give you. Were they outvoted or they, did they find him? Huna- uh, did you, I, I honestly don't know the answer to this. I think they were just outvoted. Do we know that, though? We, we could look it up. Okay. And motherfuckers wanted to go home. But let's just back up a minute, because I really want to give you a chance to rethink what you said. He's still OJ. He's still got whatever that fame meant at the moment. He's got all that money. He still gets Shapiro. He still gets Cochran. He still gets the same team. But that trial is in Santa Monica. Predominantly white jury. You think his money gets him off? I think the legal team can get him off. Oh, Andy, come on, dude. 
this is where you're being white and naive. Because stop and think a minute. The truth was in the reaction. When they announced him not guilty and they did showed all the white people. You're, you're right about that. A pissed and all the black people celebrating those same white people that are pissed. That's the jury. But when they talk, that you that's the jury. But you think they're going to let that nigga go when they talked about the jury, when they interviewed the people from the jury, all these other things that we were seeing on the news and the television that caused people to have these reactions yes. was not. The people in the jury box never knew any of this other information that was coming out. I know. I think I know what you're about to say. When they interviewed the jurors, they said other shit. Yeah. They, they said, they said, is that what you were going to say? They didn't know about any of that other shit. They only knew about what was presented in the case. Okay. I want to be clear. When they, because they always do that. When, you know when, what the, when the trial's over, they interview the jurors. Yeah. And here's what a lot of the black jurors will say. Oh, it wasn't for me about, oh, I didn't know about bullshit. They're saying what they're supposed to say. And you know Why? Because those black jurors got to go back to their jobs and they're trying to save their asses. This is still America. There's still a price to pay. If those black jurors would have said the truth, yeah, we got that nigga off because you know what? The system fucked us and we thought Mark Furman was a racist, clearly a racist. He's saying the word nigga. We thought he framed him. Yeah. Guess what? They ain't got jobs when they get back to reality. But there's a lot of people who thought that, fired. There's a lot of people who thought that people, about Furman. But wait a minute. It doesn't matter. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Those black people become targets. They still have to go home. So they're going to go, look, wink, wink. We got that nigga off and we know why. But when the camera comes on, yeah, we didn't know. And for us, it wasn't about skin color. They're saying what they got to say because they got to go home. So you don't think that they believed that OJ was innocent. They just did it because he was black. Yes, I think there's reasonable doubt. And if that's all you need to acquit, yeah, there was reasonable doubt. But there's still them being black. Yeah. There's still them going. Yup, this is what these cops. So do. you think the reasonable this doubt was easier does. to accept because they were black? I, I think it's I think it's both. You know, this may be harder for me to answer because I'm one of the few people who didn't think OJ did it. I still to this day, I mean, I'll joke about it, but I still to this day. And here's here's my theory. You want to hear my and everybody laughs at me for saying this. I think he might have known about it. I think something could have happened where a lot of black people say that. But I don't think that he did it because I don't think that you could cut off your wife's almost cut off your wife's head and leave her laying there for you two kids to come down the stairs and see that. This is the part where I'm going to try to be funny. Uh, And this is the part where I, I know that. Everybody might not laugh at this. And I don't even know that I'm intentionally wanting you to laugh at it. But I'm speaking as a guy who's been married and gone through divorce. <laughs> Nigga, nothing is past nothing mentally. I, I get I'm, not, I'm not saying you do that. I'm not saying we, you wouldn't, but, we wouldn't know horrendous shit to yeah. be done. But I'm telling you, let me just say, I'm telling you, and I've heard divorced men say wilder shit than what you just said. Nigga, when you're going through court, and you are being ass raped and you are looking down the possibility of being homeless because everything is being taken from you and you're paying two separate lawyers and the you don't see no ending to the bottom of the financial well that's draining you. Everything races through your mind. But that wasn't his situation. What do you what, what, what was in his situation? He wasn't he wasn't still going through a divorce. The divorce was over. He had been divorced. They had some kind of friendship. Okay, so let's play that angle. How, how, how many times I say on this podcast and on stage how powerful pussy is? Now, you're trying to convince me OJ did it. I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to get you to understand 
man, pussy is it drives niggas nuts. Okay, but all I'm saying is, I still think like your little girl. Would you let your little girl come down and see that? When you're in a blind rage, you ain't thinking about all that. But then, then do you leave that? Do, do you or do you do you try to fix the city? Do something so that your girl, your little girl, is going to come down. How old was her? How old was she? I don't know. Little. They were little. They were kids. You're gonna you're gonna let you're gonna let that if you be their if, their good if, morning if, wake up if call. You, if you think with that kind of logic, you would not want to murder in the first place. You, you're talking after your blind rage. You're talking about a man thinking logically. No, after a blind rage. So what you, you do? You do you so, so what you do after the blind rage? Let me go find a mop in a bucket. And take this time to clean this shit up. Nigga, you committed a crime. You get the fuck out of there. Yeah, call the police. Say I hurts. I have someone call the police. I don't know what you do. I don't know what to do. But I just don't think that you can do that to your kids. I really don't. Maybe it's because I, I feel that way about my kids. But you're I, thinking of a man who's not a murderous person. Who doesn't think murder. Who doesn't feel murder. Who doesn't think rage. You're thinking as a human being, nigga. Okay. So you can't put your, you know, don't try to play murderer when you're not one. Well, I'm not trying to play murderer. I'm trying to play a father. Okay. Well, you're not a murderous father, so don't play one. Leave it alone, nigga. That's why I didn't think he did it, though. All right. I'd like to think he didn't, too, for, for, for certain reasons. But, you know, hey, man, like, like Steve Harvey said, OJ ain't been black since he won that Heisman. So maybe, yeah, he did what a lot of white guys do, kill their wives. OJ ain't been a nigga since, you know, he was a nigga. But all those d- dudes that you're talking about, killer wives, they, t- they took his, they, oh man, I think he, didn't he drown her when she was pregnant? The dude who. Yeah, and he tried to cover it up. Yeah. That shows you how sloppy niggas be. Well, that was a white dude. White that guys, was a white dude. Well, yeah, most of the white guys that kill their wives try and cover it up. This nigga said, fuck it, I'm going to leave all this shit here. <laughs> That's niggas for you. See, I, I really, I still hold that. I just don't think that you're, you're a father. You love your kids. You're not going to leave them like that. I got to say, Cap, I miss that gifty optimism. So that's what, that may prevent me from seeing some things the way that you see it on that jury, but I just, I didn't see that. Right. I guarantee you niggas is heated about the part where you said, uh, even if he had, even with all that money, if the jury was white, he still gets off. That's insane that you think that. Dude, white men have never, black men have never gotten off on a case before. All the cases, all black men have been found guilty. Murder with an all white jury. There, you know what? This is interesting. We should go look that up. We should. Yes, I would love to 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 know the stats. We should see. We should see that. Yes. But what? What now? What year are we talking about? Because if we're going to go back to fifties, no. Sixties, probably not. Listen, fifties, damn the sixties. It was handled in house. Yeah, they were. It was no, predetermined. It no trial. It was nigga. predetermined. It was happening. It was yeah. handled in house. Yeah. So, it would be interesting. This is something we should do. We should investigate this. All right, Terrell Ingles, <laughs> you are going to get it on this one. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of letters. Uh. And I tried to give you a chance to recap. No, I wasn't going to because I, I want to believe that the system works. And I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't in so many cases. So many. But I just can't believe it's that like sometimes you strongly convict with certain words and sentences. And then you pull out at the same time. Like you said, I want to believe. That's pedantic. Yes. I want to believe. And then you follow it up. But I want to. I, 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 I know it doesn't. So then stop wanting to believe. But no. But we I, all want. I want to get. I want to get the statistics. I, it would be interesting to see how many all white juries. Can, Let a nigga can, go for killing two white people. 
or for killing for killing anyone. No, no, no. Okay, no, for no. killing a white woman. For there killing you. a white woman. One. Why you could be a white man too? Okay, for okay. white people is important. That's a very important detail. Okay, let's 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 go do the research. All right. Uh, uh, there's somebody right now. We don't need no research. <laughs> what was it? One lady said she wanted to slam, almost break her horn in her car. Yeah, nigga. Terrell Ingalls. Uh, it looks like a lot, uh, but please read. I was keeping tabs on this story of a 17-year-old Brooke Skyler Richardson, who was charged with killing her newborn baby and burying it in her backyard for a few months now. I think I did. Okay, wait. I think I saw someone on the internet today about this. I could be wrong. I was on World Star Hip Hop scrolling pretty fast when I seen a glimpse of the thumbnail of this girl's face and the caption saying, found guilty. So naturally, I was like, yes, justice. But as I was watching the video, the jury is reading off the charges and kept saying not guilty. So I looked back at the video caption and what I did was I read it too fast. It said Richardson found not guilty. Take a look at this girl. The typical how you say it girl next door. Blonde hair, blue eyed, high school cheerleading white girl. A forensic pathologist testified in court saying that the baby died of homicidal violence. She was still found not guilty. There was a story years back of a college swimmer named Brock Turner. He is blonde, blonde haired, blue eyed boy. He was accused of raping an incapacitated woman one night. I also think she was left behind a dumpster as well. He was stopped in the act by some bikers. He tried running away but was tackled by one of the bikers uh, but laughed as he tried getting away. He was only sentenced to six months in jail but was released after three months. Now Brian Banks, a black college football player, was falsely accused of rape and he spent close to six years in prison. Later, he got exonerated, but he still did six years. Talk about an unfair judicial system. Back to Brooke, who was said to have given false statements to the police because she was manipulated. Psychologists said she was dependent. She has dependent personality disorder. That's why she made incriminating statements against herself. Now, was that said about the Central Park Five boys when their statements were manipulated? No, I'm not a racist. Just be fair. This is clear evidence that the, that the judicial system is for whites, not us. If the white boy gets three months probation for rape, then give the brother three months or vice versa. If the brother gets six years, then give the white boy six years. Just be fair. I'm going to ask you again, Andy. So if you think OJ with money and that same team in front of all white jurors gets off. Well, I was thinking about that and that's not even a fair question now because with that team that he had, he wasn't going to get an all white jury no matter what. That's why I said rich black man was treated like a rich white man. He was going to be put in the best position to win that case from the very beginning from the, what is it called? You, might have, you might have a point there. You might be right now that you said that. Okay. But um, that that ju- the case that she's talking about, that yeah. judge actually said that she he didn't want to ruin that kid's whole life That's over that. That's what they always say. That's where it gets so fucked up. Women suffer. I know. Women suffer. I know. Just like you. Slow your roll, bitch. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. That's what that brings to mind. Yeah. But uh, because Brock Turner raped this white girl, but and the judge, what you just said, didn't want to fuck up his life. So women do suffer, right? They do suffer at the hands of 
white maleism, but not like us. But that judge should have been either brought up on his own charges for not following what the law is. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, woulda. But who does this? I don't know how this even. I don't know how the system's supposed to. I don't. I don't know what you do when something like that doesn't work. In my next life, I really do want to come back as a white man. I just want to taste what it's like. To taste what it's like. To just fucking be able to do whatever the fuck you want to do. It's, it's, it's very confusing for me because I think that things are supposed to be done legally, like the law says. You're supposed to convict people legally. God, I love that. Missed it. The witty optimism cap. But it doesn't, it, I know it doesn't work that way. So we'll, Last we'll one, move on. Last uh, one, Ricky Vang. Uh, Rocky episode. Not sure if you still wanted to be a guest on my podcast, but for your convenience over the phone, interview podcast is something I can work with too. I took a look at your dates and was hoping maybe something November 15th, 17th would be a great to have you on my podcast. Let me know if that works out. If not, that's fine. I'm flexible with my time and schedule. Ricky Vang. Uh, yeah, Rick, you got my email, man. I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm giving you the runaround, brother, because I'm not. But sometimes I get caught up in a roller coaster type movement, and um, shit gets all over the place. I'm saying yes to you, brother. I just don't know when. So just hold fast and work with a nigga. And then he says, "Hey, Aries, thank you so much for the reply in episode 102. I was not expecting to hear that from you. From you, thank you for the encouraging message and the shout out alone got people interested in my podcast." It would be an absolute joy to have you on my podcast. Make sure you listen to next week's podcast on Thursday, and we talk more about Rob. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then he says, just listen to episode 99 of your podcast. Absolutely enjoyed you and Andy's review of the film and the perspective you guys had. I, too, grew up watching the Rocky films with my dad. What I wanted to say was what you and Andy said about chasing your passion and waiting for one's right time inspired me to continue my podcast um, that I've been working on. I'm only 10 episodes in. Did I read all this before? I think you might have read that one. Yeah. I'll write it in my email. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, nigga. Uh, you may I, want to try Anchor because they have a good podcast. Yes. Uh, tools and way to edit your podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, there we go, baby. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Um, was on with you guys for damn near two hours. Thank you for enjoying and sticking with us and all that good shit. Um. I'm a, you know, I know what I'm gonna get you. Well, I was gonna say if you're if you're a black dude and and and, you need, and you're worried about an all white jury, um, then you need it. You're in a jury situation. Maybe just try to get me on your jury. <laughs> gonna be the one white pebble in the shoe in the prosecutor's dude, I, shoe. I just can't understand by not like. And I know that this is. And I know you're right. Okay, and let me just say this to the end. Of this I know you're right, and I know it doesn't work out the way that it's supposed to. But the law, like the, the whole thing about justice being blind and the law, that's the way that it's supposed to work. And I don't understand why it can't work that way. Well, it, right when, you know, slave owners that wrote the Constitution, wrote the Constitution, it was supposed to work the, the way they wrote it. And they still had. Yeah, slaves. but 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 when you go back to what. Uh, uh, well, who's the Thurgood Marshall that said, I know this Constitution wasn't written for us, but I claim it now as my own. Right. The, the law the law is still in there and and if, if you it's it's it, it is it is though it is the it's the i don't even want to use the word human i'm going to use the word white it, it's the white man that that is not allowing the ration the rational use of the law to actually convict or 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 or, 
put down punishment. It, it doesn't make sense. And, and, I, and I guess I have a hard time with things that aren't honest or real. It, it should, it, it, by all, by everything that's said, the legal system has everything in place to work other than it has white men fucking it up. That's again, that's why Dave Chappelle was such a genius. You know, all men shall be created equal. Get me a sandwich, nigger, I'll kill you. Liberty, justice. The fucking bet is great. I know what I'm going to get you. Um, what's your, when's, your, when's your birthday? We just passed. Yeah, fuck that. Christmas. I know what I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you a silver, I mean, a, um, a, a platinum rope chain. And the medallion is going to be iced out pedantic. <laughs> I'm going to get you an iced out pedantic neck chain. Nigga. Dude, I'll take it. <laughs> Probably have the diamonds appraised. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, then, I, I can tell. Oh, just I got a good eye. Yeah, I got a good eye. His glasses are really those, uh, what'd you call them? Jeweler glasses with the magnifying. With the magnifying. magnifying. This nigga has uh, jeweler magnifying glasses, glasses. Um, That's it, boys and girls. Hope you enjoyed this special podcast for Thursday, talking about bitches and the women, men and the women, uh, the niggas and white folks, uh, and emails. Join us next Wednesday for a regular episode we're done. Can you feel it, baby? Leroy Furious. All these t-shirts are going to be coming together soon. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have to work on the website for them. Yeah. All right, guys. I want to do a t-shirt with the with the 40s radio guy speaking into a I, mic. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. And then he just says, the nigger in the